The Mishkan is a temporary structure with a temporary function, a mobile home for the Shechina to serve us as we wander in the Midbar until we will reach Eretz Yisrael and settle down and then build a base Hamikdash, a grand structure as Shlomo HaMalach eventually does. Yet despite the Mishkan's temporal nature, the Torah elaborates upon it with great specificity. Here we have a Torah's Chaim, a Torah which is eternally relevant, recording Mishkan for posterity. For Mishkan to be front and center long after the physical Mishkan has been laid to rest. Apparently, Mishkan captures some special quality which ought to always be front and center in a Yiddish and a Shaman Jewish consciousness, even when we have a grand base of Mikdash. And perhaps we could compare this to the story of a young couple who at the inception of their relationship are living in uncertain conditions, financially limited, mere dreams are carrying them without a clear plan for long-term sustainability and viability. But yet there's something very precious about their relationship, their bond, at that inception phase with all of its turbulence. And even after they settle down and are prosperous and are thriving, they will continue to think about and reminisce, always holding their mind's eye. The early period, when they were struggling, sustained only by their love, by their relationship. Likewise, Klal Yisrael and Hashem as we bond together in a Mishkan. It is that relationship cemented in the Midbar, in the wilderness, with all of its trials, with all of the uncertain conditions and lack of stability before we are set up in Eretz Yisrael. The Ava we cement in that Mishkan is so precious, and that is what infuses a Beis HaMikdash with meaning. Mishkan and Beis HaMikdash, these two phases in Jewish history. Initially, when we are traveling from place to place with a mobile Mishkan, and later when we are settled down with the Grand Beis HaMikdash. These are not two bifurcated detached phases, but two experiences which are complementary and inform each other, as borne out magnificently by a Gemara in Erev and Dafbeis, when the Gemara says, Mikdash Ikri Mishkan, Mishkan Ikri Mikdash. You will find Pesukim regarding the Mishkan, in which the Mishkan is sometimes called the Beis HaMikdash, and vice versa. Sukkim about the Beis HaMikdash were some, sometimes called the Mishkan. For example, the, about the Beis HaMikdash, we have a Pasuk, Vinasati es Mishkani besocham. I will place my Mishkan amongst you. And regarding the Mishkan, we have a Pasuk in this week's parasha, Va'asuli Mikdash. Mishkan and Mikdash are supposed to blend, are supposed to fuse, because each one captures a necessary quality in the house for the Shechina. Let's explain this deeper. The very phrase, Mikdash, which means sacred place, 
holds gravitas, evokes an image of authority, impressiveness, the sacred place, and it appropriately describes the grand base Hamikdash which Shlomo builds. Mishkan, on the other hand, which means dwelling place, connotes something much softer and tenderer. Dwelling place, Hashem living with us. A relationship which does not depend on how grand the building is, how great the structure is, simply being together. And that is an appropriate description of the little tent-like structure, relatively speaking, small tent-like structure in which we bonded with Hashem amidst the travailing conditions of the Midbar. Both of these need to be present. We need to approach a Beis HaMikdash, and for that matter, a shul, a beis with a sense of reverence and respect covered on one hand, as mikdash but also with a sense of kirvas Hashem, dveikis, warmth, tenderness. And you have various types of shuls, which are built with one of these two models, mikdash or mishkan. On one hand, you have the grain structures, particularly those built in Western Europe, by the yakas and the like, the beautiful grand shows, Gothic structures, which evoke a sense of awe and reverence, covered Hashkina. And on the other hand, you have the warm shtiblach of the Hasidim and their nigunim, which are attractive and appealing in their simplicity, in their sense of nishama. Well, whatever type of shul per se you daven in, both of these characteristics Mikdash with its sense of covet, Mishkan with its sense of tenderness. Both must be present. And therefore our parsha is recording Mishkan for all time in a Torah sky. Even when we are in a grand structure, we dare not forget the Mishkan and that sense of kirvas Hashem. A bond with Hashem which we find in a simple abode. That must be forever present, as borne out by yet another Gemara in commentary to our Parsha. The Gemara is discussing our Parsha's description of the crushing, the beams which form the Mishkan walls. And the Pasuk says, You build these beams from standing cedar wood. What is the significance of the phrase owned in standing cedar wood explains the Gemara that the Mishkan must stand forever even when the actual structure of the Mishkan was buried, was laid to rest. What Mishkan represents must, must always stand. What does that mean? Well, now we see so clearly. It is this ruach of warmth, tenderness, intimacy with the Shechina which must be present even in the grand magnificent structure with all of its pomp, that pomp and impressiveness, Shlomo's base HaMikdash. Because all too frequently, we find with institutions, once they become firmly entrenched and have a structure and have a certain presence to them, well, the structure takes on a life of its own. And so often the message, the meaning of what that institution was supposed to perpetuate can be forgotten. Sociologists call this the edifice syndrome. When various Jewish institutions believe they would perpetuate Yiddishkeit by building beautiful shuls and structures, 
unfortunately, structures in which so often the neshama, the warmth of Yiddishkeit, was dormant. So we need this mishkan to truly stand forever. Always in our mind's eye. If you return to our metaphor about the couple, the couple who bonded during years of struggle, question, with an uncertain future sustained only by their bond, by their love for each other, who then reach prosperity and live for the first time in a grand home, well, you could well imagine that perhaps on the couple's anniversary, they remember days of old. In the palatial home they live presently, they seek to remember days of old when they committed to each other in Spartan conditions. And perhaps they will take out their garb from their wedding. He will take out the threadbare kittel that he wore as a chassan under the chuppah, and she will take out the threadbare collar dress, white cat collar dress which she wore, when they couldn't afford the type of satin silk garments they presently wear. But they will redress in those chassan kala garments of old to absorb the nostalgia, but much deeper than that, to perpetuate in their consciousness the appreciation. Our relationship is really not about the grand structure. It's not about stuff. It's about us, as was apparent in our simpler days of old. With this in mind, we can now look at the base Hamikdash and find how Hashem and Klal Yisrael too are forever perpetuating and keeping alive the tenderness of Mishkan of old. It is actually right there, right in front of our nose, in the basic layout of the Mikdash and its Kalim, if only we open our eyes to it. And that is in the bottom, the stabs, which were on various Kalim, various vessels of the Mikdash, such as the Aran, or the Mizbech Katoris, the Mizbech of Incense. That those stabs, those bantam, Rashi tells us in our parasha we're supposed to serve the function of enabling the carrying of these vessels in the Mishkan. That as the Jewish people traveled from place to place to the wilderness, the Mizbeach and the like were held aloft through, by these bantam, by these stabs. So you understand why these bantam had to be present in the Mishkan, in the Kalim and the Mishkan. But why do the Bantam remain eternal and forever present on the Mizbeach, on the Arun, on all of these vessels in the Mikdash forever, forever, for centuries and millennia into the future, when we are no longer carrying the Arun and the Mizbeach from place to place? It is only on rare occasions for cleaning or purification purposes that they'll move around these Kalim a bit. They are no longer mobile Kalim. Why are the Bantam forever present? But now it is so clear the message of those Bantam. Yes, the Jewish people is supposed to stare at those bottom, stare at that mobile Mishkan feature within the Kalim, which are supposed to be forever present to remind us we dare not allow edifice syndrome to take over in the space Hamikdash. We ought not allow the Avodas Hashem in the Mikdash to become institutionalized. The tenderness, the bonding with the Shekhinah of Mishkan when our relationship was sustained only by our love amidst the hostile, undomesticated Midbar, 
when we bonded with Hashem. That is what we always need to remember, even in a base HaMikdash. And there is a final Gemara, which weaves so magnificently into this tapestry. A Gemara which almost explicitly picks up on some of this couple-like imagery of a couple who are so close when they are living in simple conditions, and yet things can become more challenging when they are living in more prosperous conditions. And the Gemara expressly applies this to the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash. What am I referring to? I'm referring to a Gemara Sanhedrin of Zion and Beis, when the Gemara is comparing the Aron, which was present in Moshe's Mishkan in the Midbar, to the Aron, which was present in Shlomo's Beis HaMikdash. Moshe's Aron in the Mishkan was a relatively small Aron. But says the Gemara, Hashem and the Jewish people were loving upon that Aron. We're close. Torah was given upon that Aron as Hashem revealed himself to Moshe lovingly, to Moshe on behalf of the Jewish people. And yet, when Shlomo built the base Hamikdash, as much as there was a grander Aron, and one might think that we've reached a greater level of Avodah Hashem, well, actually, with the greater Aron present, tragically says the Gemara, during the time of the base Hamikdash, Hashem's relationship to the Jewish people deteriorated due to our chatam, due to our shortcomings. How ironic that in the more prosperous conditions, the relationship deteriorates. Well, says the Gemara, this is in line with a saying, with a saying on the street, says the Gemara, that people say regarding a couple, when we are close, when we are loving, we can be together on a blade of a sword. However, when there is hostility and resentment among us, an area of 60 cubits, 60 almost, does not do the job for us. That, says the Gemara, is the secret of Moshe's Aaron, small as it might be. And I would add, situated amidst hostile conditions as the Midbar, as the Midbar was, the wilderness was. The bla- this is a blade of the sword. But Hashem and the Jewish people are committed to accounts, are committed to loving each other, and hence we thrive. But when we settle down, all of a sudden now, the edifice syndrome creeps in. We have a beautiful base Hamikdash. We have a beautiful our own. But what really what this home is supposed to be about, Klal Yisrael on the Rebona Shalom as one, it just deteriorates. How easily this could happen if Mishkan does not remain enduring, if Mishkan and everything it represents does not remain perpetual in Yiddish and Hashem and Jewish consciousness that I would therefore conclude really with a charge, a charge to all of us. We live in times of prosperity. When we are building beautiful shoals, beautiful yeshivas, and beautiful homes as individuals, and that's a bracha. But let's ensure that the edifice syndrome does not creep in. Let's ensure that those shoals, those yeshivas, Possess that same spirit of warmth and tenderness, everything Yiddishkeit is, which we had in periods of gullus, periods of challenge. Let's ensure that the homes we build, palatial as they may be, large and beautiful as they may be, 
do not at all compromise the feelings of Ava, of connection, of everything a Jewish family was, everything cemented by Jewish families even as they lived in compromised conditions. Amen, Kenyahi Ratzana.